Welcome to the Carl Vibe Show. You're live here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We've got a special guest today, someone who's been lurking in the shadows, almost like a skinwalker or paranormal apparition himself, who's been uh, involved in all sorts of research for quite a while revolving around the Uintah Basin up in Vernal, Utah, and all throughout Utah as well, throughout the state and elsewhere. We're going to find out all the locations that he's uh, been investigating and his work has recently expanded into the paranormal into some actually haunted locations and we're going to hear all about his experiences with skinwalkers near skinwalker ranch as much as he's allowed to talk about as well as blind frog ranch and doing a lot of investigating and his experience around that location and his uh, relationship with that whole property so let's go ahead and bring him aboard we've got Dave Miller tonight. Dave, how you doing, man? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. You bet. Absolutely. So, Dave, a lot of people are probably going to be really curious about, like, how you got involved in all this. Like, for me, I grew up with a lot of strange things in my life and heard about stories of, like, skinwalkers and Bigfoot and UFOs, you know, my entire childhood growing up and been trying to piece that all together my whole life. But how did you get started in your research into the strange what's your background with all of it same thing man as a child noticed a lot of stuff going on that i shouldn't have probably noticed was going on sleep paralysis at a very young age uh you know very active dreams where i you know was seeing stuff and uh just kind of like you know it's always been there around me my whole life like I, i've had some weird connection to uh, the paranormal and you know so as I got older you know I was into music and I tried to ignore it for a real long time like I was stuff would happen and I was just kind of like yeah you know this is that or it's something else there's obviously some type of uh, reason for this to happen and I'm sorry I'm trying to silence my phone so it doesn't sit here and go crazy because ever mm -hmm. since the tv show thing it's <laughs> it's all started it going right stop it doesn't stop man I hear but that. um um you know so i started to get out and look around and and i tried not to pay too much attention to it man but it just got to a point to where i couldn't ignore it anymore um you know i was living in a, a, a house here in utah in my younger years kind of a frat house and there was so much activity there man and so much so much weird stuff going on that I actually went to, I grabbed one of the housemates and we went to uh, the Bishop because we were like, listen, this is, we're not making this up. This is crazy. You know, that we wouldn't be at your house, you know, asking for help if, hmm. if uh, you know, this wasn't really going down. And he, he kind of looked at, he looked at us and he, he's at the door, you know, at his door and he, he takes a couple of steps back and he just closed the door in our face. And I wasn't expecting that. I was like, wow. But in the movies, y'all come in and sweep in and, and uh, everything's fixed, you know, right. but it just wasn't that way. I, you know, and after many years later, many, many years later, looking back at his decision to do that at the time, I, I kind of understand it because some, like I said to you earlier, I, I picked my battles as far as where I go and, and, and have anything to do with that kind of stuff, man, you know? So that, you know, like I say, a long answer and sorry about that, but, 
it's just that way, man. It's been it's been around me my whole life that I can recall. So you've had sleep paralysis. I've had a little bit of that off and on throughout my life. Mine, uh, you know, I would sometimes wake up somewhere else in the house, like downstairs in front of the fireplace or out on the upper deck upstairs and be locked out of my bedroom and not remember how I got there. But I did have a couple of instances where I would wake up and couldn't move in my bed. And there would be like either a figure next to me in the bedroom or hovering like outside the second story window, oddly trying to look in. <laughs> I couldn't couldn't tell. Like, so you actually grew up with a little bit of that strangeness in the sleep paralysis. Maybe describe a little bit what that's like for people that aren't aware. Well, for me, what I remember the most was I was the, the inability to move. I was completely locked. Um, I saw and it's crazy that it ends up being a wolf type of figure to where I am now with so many wolves being involved in, in, in the base and in, in that belief system. But uh, I saw this shape at the end of my bed and it basically went from the wolf into a shadow and it went out through the, through the wall uh, at the end of my bed. But during that time, I was so frozen that, the tears that were rolling down my face started to go into my ear canal. And it like, like I was crying, you know, you're a little kid, you're completely petrified and scared, but my tears actually went into, I could remember feeling them going into my ear canal and not being able to move. And finally, slowly I came out of it. You know, of course you run, you tell your parents, Oh, this is that, this and that. But you know, that that's just being so afraid that I couldn't move. And that's what I remember. That's my thing. Right. So you grew up with some of that uh, in your life a little bit and then had that experience, um, you know, with the trying to get help from your bishop and everything. What sort of spun you into doing actual research and going to locations in the Uinta Basin? And all well, that and that, that's George Knapp's fault, because when I lived in right. I lived in Las Vegas and I, I, I lived down there for a very long time. So once the whole Bob Lazar story broke, um, the, the talk about everything that was going on out there, because I've always believed in UFOs. I've, you know, I've seen stuff in the sky my whole life, looking up and you're just not sure what it is. My father was an inspector, chief inspector for Pan American Airlines for 35 years. So we traveled around a lot. And, you know, uh, I lived East Coast, West Coast. And as, as soon as I started to get, you know, in, in my older years and started asking the questions about my, you know, to my dad about what you think there's spaceships that fly as well too, you know? And at the time it was taboo to talk about anything like that, whether or not just not being a pilot, but just working in the air industry and in itself, because you can't talk about that kind of stuff because they're going to think that you're not right. And they might not let you work on planes or do the inspections or fly them or, or any of that kind of stuff. All this whole Tic Tac stuff is all new, man. That back in, you know, I'm a seventies kid. So, you know, back then, people just did not talk about it. But as, as I started, you know, the curiosity started to grow. And I asked my dad and he was just like, you know, when, when we went hunting, it was during a hunting trip. He started talking to me about, you know, yeah, you know, there's possibilities. And, you know, you got to you got to think with an open mind. You can't just think that there's no there's not another planet with dinosaurs on it. You know, what I mean, right. so, you know, he, he, he tried to do it, you know, and, and guide me in that direction. You know, so I didn't run into it 
sounding insane about the things that I wanted to learn about, you know, think about the, the theories of possibilities of, you know, other planets with, with the Tyrannosaurus Rex on it and all that other good stuff. So um, as I started to look into these things and, you know, I've, the whole, the whole area 51 thing just changed me because mm. that, I mean, you know, going out to Rachel, going out and, you know, driving out there, at the time, there was no a- little alien hotel and all that stuff. It's not even actually a hotel. It's a trailer park um, that you could rent the trailers. I know because I go there and rent them all the time. Man. Right. I, you know, I, I love going out to the area. It's it's definitely a, a different thing. But as I started, as it started to, you know, when you become immune to it and you see the weird things that, you, you know, you start looking around about, okay, well, what else is there out there? And then, you know, Knapp started to talk about, you know, the ranch and all this stuff. And, and I, I, like I said, I was living up here. So I was like, let's take a trip out and, and really start to get into this stuff and really start to absorb it and see what's going on. Of course, you couldn't do anything. You couldn't get close to the ranch. It's so big that when you get out there around it, that you don't really, you know, know the, the, the size of it. But as I started to investigate and go around out there, you know, just one thing led into the next and the next and the next. And the next thing you know, man, I'm just really my sleeves are up and I'm into it because I'm starting to experience things in the area. Not just, and that's the thing, man, it's not really fair to give credit to certain places uh, or ranches or whatever, because it's literally the whole Valley uh, of the basin. Mm -hmm. The first reported sighting of anything there goes back to one week after uh, the declaration of independence was signed. 1776, man, that's a long time. And the person who actually wrote about it was a monk. You know, really? so yeah, yeah. Father Escalante, he was on a trip coming out of Texas. He came up through uh, Colorado into Utah and they were drawing it. They were mapping things out on their way to California. And when they got to Duchesne, he started to write about these fireballs in the sky. So, I mean, the, the reported sightings of the Uinta Basin go way beyond any ranch, way beyond anything. These are the, the, this is that far back. And then you have the history of the land from Abraham Lincoln coming in and, and, and set, you know, giving the areas to the, to the natives so they could settle down the Buffalo soldiers, all that history and all that stuff going on in the place is definitely, uh, you know, I sound like I've been on Google all day, <laughs> No, it's but, true. you know, it, but it, it's just, it's just that way, man. There's so much history in that Valley. You know, people, I, I see the argument a lot on, 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 on line of people going, well, Blind Frog and Skinwalker, they're 20 miles away from each other. They, I know it, sound, it sounds far. It does. It really sounds far. But it's the same valley. It's, right, it's the same valley. It's, it, there's, it's just like you're on one side of it and you look over to the other side. Like if you're in Vegas, you're, you see the bowl, you know. Right. It's just one bowl of awesome paranormal activity. Sorry, I yeah. stretched that answer out for twenty five minutes. No, yeah, that's what we're doing here. There's no, there's no <laughs> short tail answers or anything. I've got a, a lady keeps trying to call me on the phone here to visit her horses, but I'll just. Hey, man, it. it's all good. <laughs> I, I, I can, I can go. We can do this another day. I'm not going to get in the way of any of that kind of stuff. No, it's awesome though, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. It's the whole area, even down to like Nine Mile Canyon and all that. You go to Sago Canyon, clear to the south or up to the north, and look through all the canyons to the north i mean the the legends and the folklore and how much strangeness is going on expands beyond that just because 
the research is being done, you know, at the Skinwalker Ranch, and that's where the funding and the land has been purchased or it's been emphasized, especially up at Blind Frog Ranch now, even more recently. Uh, there's been stuff going on all over the place and around the entire region. And so, I mean, even just trying to get into those spots, I mean, back when you probably started poking around there to try and look into it, the acreage around that whole area was completely different as well, wasn't it? Wasn't it more yeah. like 700 Compl acres and stuff? It was way more vast. The first time that I went to the basin, my parents actually took me there because we moved to Utah in 84. So this stuff goes way, way back, you know, bouncing back and forth. My dad had some business out there. So, you know, going in and looking at the stuff and hearing the, the, the UFO reports and all that stuff, my dad in retirement, was very willing to take me out because we love to explore and drive around. You know, I can remember being there uh, in a Regal Buick, <laughs> driving around all through, you know, just going through the place, man. Cause you know, we, we, my parents were cool with exploring with me on that stuff as a kid. But what I remember back then was, you know, it was so, it really was a small, small town type. Right. Now because of the oil it's completely different there to me. You know what I mean? It's like mm. very, very congested, very, now, everybody is, that lives there is from someplace else. It's not what you would expect in a, in a small community like that. You know, you got your, of course, your locals, but it's just a very different place, man, from when I started going there. Uh, like when we first moved up here, the town that we lived in was basically like gravel roads. My, four, my, my, my phone number was four digits. It was four digits, dude, yeah. when I moved here. I mean, we come from Queens, from Florida to Queens, New York, all over the place, you know, and L.A. And then we moved to this place and my, my phone number was four numbers. Four numbers, <laughs> not with the area code. That was it. Just four numbers. Yeah. Four numbers, man. I was like, what was happening? Where are we at right now? You know, they just re they basically just got a stop, a, a red light in this town not too long ago. It was a four way stop for most of my life there. You know, it's just crazy to see, you know. But as, as time goes on, the population builds up and, and everything changes. And to where it is now, you get around in, in, around any of the ranches now, and, and there's traffic all the time, man. Yeah, that's what surprised me. I didn't realize there was such a presence of like oil drilling and oil pumps everywhere, uh, even right, right by, by the ranches and stuff up and down those roads. They're all over the place. But um, yeah, and... A lot of housing and stuff is built in and around neighborhoods are all built in it. And some of those people have stories too, you know. Right. If so, you can get them to talk to you, you probably get better stories from from them than you will off of any any TV or radio report. Right. So here we got a question from the uh, comment section really quick. quick uh, Skyler Powell, Powell says, hey, Dave, what more can you tell us about the gravity base? Let's just go ahead and jump into the deep end here. So into the, the vernal base. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. The, the vernal base, man, it's like I say, it's 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 one of those things I started when I started doing the research on it. There's a lot of there's the there's the Google investigator, which is, is very easy. Anybody can pick up Google and they're going to tell you what they want you to know. Right. Because it's right there on Google. So it, it must be true. But it's the other reports of the stuff of what may have possibly been going on out here. What could actually have happened? So being in the situation that I'm in right now, I got a lot of people pulling at me in different areas because they witnessed me going through a lot of stuff in the basin. 
So they kind of give me the sympathy kind of, hey, come over here. I want to talk to you about some stuff. So uh, when you're going out to investigate these type of things and you hear the different stories of possibilities of what's going on out there, you know, there's there's a bunch of stuff that I can't really talk about because of the show and, you know, and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that I, I can't really give any of that stuff away. But you you have the, you have the three sides to every story. It's, you know, it's their side, my side, and then there's the truth. Right. So, right. you know, it, it, I think you're going to find more out about the 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 landmark out there more than, than Google's going to let you know. (laughs) Yeah. There's definitely rumors that spin around all of it. And uh, that's kind of, you know, you've dealt with that a lot and some of the pressures of that. So, and I know that you can't really discuss some of the things, but when you first started researching, most of your emphasis was around the skinwalker research and and that kind of area right is there anything that you could talk about your experiences there at all or maybe some of the things that you yeah you know well uh, again my stuff started under a different regime it was it was the bigelow you know uh research that and nids and all that stuff all that stuff was super interesting um where where it turned and you know once they sold the ranch you know kind of i can't talk about anything that has to do with the new regime but um for legalities, but, uh, the original, the original situation out there with, with what was going on with NIDS and the crew, um, was very, it was very, I don't know. I'm looking for the word because George Knapp says it best, you know, science, these top scientists go out and they go against the paranormal and they got their asses kicked because science, science isn't always going to solve this stuff. If you're out there trying to measure spiritual activity um, or any type type of interdimensional activity, you're not going to be able to weigh that. It's not something that you can actually pick up and measure. And 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 if you can't do that in science, then you're going to have a, a crazy situation. Because I've saw stuff out there that I have no idea to this second what it was, but I saw it. I knew it was real. I had witnesses with me as we watched it, but you can't measure it. So what is a scientist going to say that was an anomaly of the brain? You know, you're, something's not right. you get your eyes checked. They all, they go to this straight, you know, bottom line of it all is let's, let's, if we can't weigh this and we can't get an, an equation to what this fact is, then it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, one of the things with the NIDS team. I just came back from another ranch. I, I left the state of Utah and I went to Nevada because I wanted to go to another ranch that NIDS investigated and they were there for a year. And I was out there with the owners of the new property. It's basically like an old West town up on the side of a mountain that's close to the public. It's it's an incredible, incredible place, Hmm. but going up there, getting the stories. I talked to some of the old Bigelow employees that still lived on the mountain. You know, they tell us, you know, Jacques Valet was out there doing investigations. So, you know, these people have their stories and they told us all about it. Now, Nothing was measured, nothing was weighed, but they were there. So what's the end result? You know, we can do the same thing with because because uh, uh, gravity-based vernal, you know, doesn't m- match up with what the show says or what Google says. People, hey, well, that's not the truth because Google told me this. Well, I don't know what to tell you, uh, Skyler. You know what I mean? It's a get, do some investigating, go out there. And, you know, talk to some people and, and see where it leads you, because that's what this is all about. It's your it's your uh, it's your own personal journey. 
I don't ever try to tell anybody what to believe. I don't ever tell anybody that what's real, what's fake. It's like trying to tell somebody who's religious that there isn't a God or vice versa. Uh, somebody who's, you know, an atheist that there is a God. That's an argument that, that I don't, I don't choose to ever get involved in. Uh, people can naysay the show all they want, but I, I can tell you that I've never met a more bunch of genuine, real, great hearted people than everybody on that cast and crew. Everybody is, is, is legitimately wanting to know what this activity is. They're open to show it. They want to see it. They want to, they want to experience it as well. As to where you go on the other side of things, there's another show that wants to show everything the way that they show it. It's they're completely different things, man. And, and, and that battles up to the individual to pick, you know, I, I, I for me, I'm just glad that they're all looking for this activity. That's where I that's where I leave it. Yeah, there's different approaches to it depending on uh, which angle you take. There are people that go in there just like looking for hardcore science and they just sit in their box. Other people that go out and boots on the ground in the field and try to experience it and just jump into the deep end. And other people use more of like the like the more current thing is the CE five meditation approach, you know, right. where, yeah. where would you, Greer. yeah, Stephen Greer stuff. So where do you think you fall, Dave, with your uh, experience from beginning up through what has yielded the most response for you? Has it been a mix or what angle? It's been take? a mix. It's been a mix. And, and, you know, one of the things of uh, the self-proclaimed uh, self-proclaimed experts on, on these areas you, you just, you can't be, I don't think you can be an expert on this stuff because if you're so solid at looking at one thing and you're not looking behind you, you know, uh, Barry Fitzgerald was a guy who did a show on, uh, on the sci-fi channel, uh, ghost hunters international. Okay. Um, he's a friend. We talk, he lives in Ireland. Yeah. He's, he's a super good guy, but he, while we were discussing things about, how to how to investigate he goes you know when when you see something right here in front of you and it's making itself blatantly obvious that it's there look around turn around and see what's going on behind you mm. look look over here because you're so focused on this the trickster attitude uh may keep you occupied here why the real activity is going on to your left so if you're not looking around you're going to miss a lot of things and that's I think that and I'm not trying to insult anybody on an, an investigation tactics because everybody does it different. And there's no such thing as an expert in this. There is no such thing as a professional expert in the paranormal. They can tell you that. But I have to disagree because there's just there's no rules to this stuff, man. So, you know, you can't be a master of it. I think you could be a master of calming yourself down when the actual activity starts. Mm. You know, you're a little bit more observant of, of what's happening. But if you're, you know, like you go into this stuff and you're not scared or you're not, you know, rattled by what's going on, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So do you feel like, so you take a certain amount of equipment with you? What kind of equipment do you tend to take or rely upon? It's, it's, it's funny because when I started looking at the stuff that you have, it's really similar to what I, I, a lot. I have a lot of EMF meters, a lot of different types of gauges to read. Uh, electromagnetic fields, any type of activity like that. Um, I actually have ITC radios that, you know, the, the whole instrumental transcommunication theories. Um, but anything pretty much outside of that, I, I, I just 
I count on those gauges so much because they, they just tell you, you got, you, you got that, you know, the hair on the back of your neck stuff that happens and you feel it. Your body yeah. is your best. Anything. Your body is never going to lie to you. Your mind's eye is going to tell you when there's activity going on, you're going to feel that. But when you can actually gauge it out and know what you're feeling that there, that there's stuff there. And then you can actually look down this last place that I went to, man, uh, the, uh, the trifield meter, because uh, the guy that was with me, Nick Riggs, he's a paranormal investigator. He actually had uh, one of the old school uh, trifields with the, with the arm on it, you know, mm. and I had the digital one. So the mono versus the digital, his was pegged at 100. It was pegged. And, and, and I'm looking at 50 and 60 on, on this meter. And we, re- we recorded this stuff. You know, you can feel it. it it's, it's, so, it's so thick in this place. But as you're seeing that stuff, that's that's kind of where I, I I just kind of count on that as well. For that's my science, but my my body is my best piece of equipment. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of the same. I go in with my intuition, and then something starts to occur, and then I'm like, I need to fact check this and make sure I'm not just weirding myself out or getting my own intuition right. heightened. And then the equipment starts to come out. But then I almost get to a point where. I'm overwhelmed with the equipment and I'm like, I just got to turn all this crap off and just like sit here for right. a minute and sit with it, you know, like, cause it's You're too sitting strange. In the dark trying to, yeah. Trying to hit the buttons on it the right way or, or you hit a button and you turn the light off. You can't see it does become confusing. So, I mean, again, when your body is telling you that there's stuff going on, you need to pay attention mm-hmm. and, and do the best that you can. I try to balance both. Like I say, you know, it's not one or the other, but with the aerial phenomenon and, and UFOs, um, I use a, a, uh, the psionics cameras, the Aurora, uh, it's a very super low light sensor, um, picks up a lot of anomalies. I mean, uh, every satellite, everything that you can imagine that's going around in the sky, you're going to see it with this thing. But after you, you become, uh, familiar with using the camera, you start to see those anomalies of things that are moving that, you know, satellites just go straight when they start to get, you know, they start turning and moving around. You got to pay attention to that stuff, man, you know, because now you're really looking at a situation of of exploring into some really cool stuff. But for that, like I say, cameras, man, it, none of this stuff is cheap. That's the one right. thing. The, the most important thing that I'll tell anybody, you know, you don't need it. You don't need to have this stuff. You can go out with binoculars, your own eyes. But it, when you really get into it and you're really serious about it, you the equipment starts. And I'm sorry. <laughs> because you'll end up with cases upon cases of stuff that you know it's it gets expensive it really gets expensive yeah you start trying to add it all up to cover your bases and everything and ultimately half the time when stuff occurs you don't have it ready or pulled out and you miss half of it anyways and so david let's ask i want to ask you about that what what have you seen the most of or can you tell us some of your experiences have they been unidentified flying objects in the sky or more paranormal right, yeah, activity yeah. on the ground? Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that really, that really shook me was I don't know to this second, if it was a craft or if it was a portal, it was this round, huge sphere right up on Skinwalker Ridge. They talked about this on, on the travel channel show. Um, I had a witness with me, uh, uh, guy named Ryan Burns was with me. Um, we used to be real super close friends and all this stuff just, it, it, it separates people, man. There is, mm. there's definitely a downside 
to the basin. And, and I think that there's a negative force there that will work against people and change them and, and cause confliction, you know, and I think that that happened with our friendship and it sucks, you know, it does. I'm really sorry that things turned out the way that they did, but he's a good guy, an investigator, does his thing. Um, but he was with me and we were both paralyzed. We were watching this thing, the sphere, probably 25 feet, perfect, perfectly round, no noise, just hovering right in front of us. And I'm in the driver's seat of the car and my hands are on the steering wheel and I'm gripping the wheel and pulling the wheel so tight that I injured my forearms on both, both arms. I was for the rest of the night. I was, I was a bad way. Right. Hmm. But uh, watching it in shock and when, how this thing left right in front of us is this, the front of it spins and the back of it spins and it just, just was gone. It just vanished. And I remember Ryan looking over at me and he's, he's all he could say was gone, gone, gone. I mean, he, I, I'm like, dude, is this a joke? Mm. Did you plan this? Is, is, did this just happen? Did this really just happen? So I'm shook for, for the rest of the night. We're out there, you know, just driving around, experiencing the, 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 the basin at, at what it does. And it showed itself to us just like that. And it, to, to this very second, to this very second, I'm still trying to process what that could have possibly been. I don't yeah. know. Did it look like, was it just like a self-contained light like you would see, like a, those old school Christmas lights, you know? Or like, was it luminescent, it very, like too now, bright to look been, at? Or? You've been there. You've been around the, yeah. the Basin Ranches, so you know there's not much light out there. Right. This thing was so big. And it was so bright that you would think that we were squinting or, you know, like something was like, like you're, it's going to affect your vision. Right. It wasn't, that, it didn't, it didn't, I didn't squint, nothing. It, it was so bright, but it wasn't that kind of a bright light. It was like, you, that you could see it for miles. Right. But, yeah. and then that was just it. Then it just said, Hey, you know, nice seeing you. And it, and it just left. And at that moment, I knew for sure that, I was really, I was really onto it, man. I was like, this is, this is the coolest, you know, experience that I, I can really, I can really say, um, because it's like you, it's you, you've just verified everything that you've you knew, right? It was going to happen, right. but that's the basin, man. The, the land itself is a very magical, powerful thing. Now, scientists can laugh at that all all, all they want, but it is what it is. It's 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 got a, a mind of its own. It's going to it's going to embrace you or it's, it's going to work against you. And I, and I've been on both sides. I've been on both sides of it. Yeah, definitely. What color was the orb? Would you say, was it like a white or orange or blue? It was, it was, it was white, but it wasn't white. It was more of a, like an old school off white kind of goldish white. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very hard to describe. It's close to that, but it's not, it's not a color that I've seen before. And Again, you know, Burns was right there, and I mean, we were just both, both of us, just speechless. I mean, uh, of course, you know, and and then I didn't realize that I hurt myself <laughs> after I tried to unlock from the wheel. You know, I felt my muscles. I, I think I sprained both of my forearms. I'm not even joking. Because the whole rest of the night, I was like, man, I can't. I'm, I couldn't grip anything. Like, you know, I was like, I just had to. I had to try and relax. 
and I sat there and processed and processed and I just, we, I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that it was so blatantly obvious of what we just witnessed. But again, in that science realm, what will we measure? What, what could we weigh? Right. How you could know? you compare it to anything else? You know, like it's just such a phenomenon. Like, right, right. And you, you hear about it in the hunt for the skinwalker when some of the NIDS guys are talking about some of the things that they experienced out there. It's a, it's it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing some of the things. And now we also witnessed like uh, there was so many different lights in this one. The very high, very atmospheric activity for this one. But the best way I can describe it is uh, a pool table. When you break, when you break, right? Mm. These lights. There was four of us. I, I can't say that. I, I won't say anybody's name because these guys are really well known in the in the field <clears throat> but i heard their shock the same as mine they, they expanded out they interacted with each other and then they came back and they and then they split back up we're watching this like it was like a, basically like a, a a pool table got cleared right in front of us you know almost One like person, watching a school of fish swarm around bait or something in the sky but it so. was almost like somebody said somebody said this, it looked like galactic warfare that stuck with me, man. I was like, these guys are so in depth about it. They've got, you know, galactic warfare. Who says that? You know, (laughs) but this was stuff that they were into and they were that in depth because they've been, you know, these are the 20 and 30 year guys. Yeah. So have you seen anything uh, down on the ground or anything as far as you've seen described like portals or things coming in and out of portals, shadow figures, stuff like that? I caught uh, I caught on film with just a regular Nikon camera, uh, just panning through a field. I caught this. It looks like a plasma ball, basically uh, like a jellyfish. It looks just like a jellyfish, just sitting there hovering. And the more I zoomed in on it, you could see the plasma actually moving around on this thing. Hmm. Um, it, it was illuminating against the sagebrush. That it was. I, I'm some. Back in the day when I had it out, somebody said, man, those trees. And I'm like, those aren't trees. This is just sagebrush. This is literally like four feet off the ground that this thing was just sitting there hovering. And then it just, again, you know, you blink, you turn your head as you're trying to adjust and you look over the lens and it's just gone. You mm. know, that type of energy. And that that's one of the things that's definitely one of the, the stories that you hear a lot about from individuals in the basin is the, the energy balls that chase them around or they've caused car accidents and people wrecked because they weren't, they just weren't, they couldn't vibe it. They just could not cope with the fact that this was chasing them. So they wreck in the process, you know, no deaths or anything like that from what I understand, but people have crashed and, you know, they've blamed this stuff that's going on. Right. And so this kind of research and these experiences, you've been uh, on the southern end of the basin and all around there, but you've ultimately wound up doing a lot up around Blind Frog Ranch, and you can actually talk a lot more about that, can't you? Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm wide open to talk about it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, what hooked no, you into no Blind NDA. Frog Yeah, No non-disclosure agreement for Blind Frog. Uh, with Blind Frog, like I said, I was talking to you about the uh, – I went out there with Dwayne. And uh, there was another individual out there with us. I believe his name was Daniel. I could be wrong. I, and I'm sorry if you're watching and I said your name wrong. 
but uh, he took one of the the meters and I had one of the meters and we there, there we were just I don't know 20 30 yards away from each other walking and I could tell by his reaction he kept turning around and looking at me he's like you know and I'm like same thing so we got back together and as we're walking the 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 perimeter out there it is these gauges are going crazy off the meters that they're reading in the ground. I started instantly thinking that maybe I was walking over a security camera cable or any of that stuff. And as I got with Dwayne, you know, I'm like, Dwayne, do we, is there anything buried around here that's going to cause this type of activity? Now this was RF as well, as well as milligals and, and micro Teslas. Anything that I changed on the tri field out there, I was getting some type of weird, encounter with with the land itself what it is i have no idea i have there's much much more work to be done but the the out there in the sky as well as on the ground people ask me this question a lot is it active is it real it absolutely is it absolutely is and you take one of those gauges out into that area see for yourself that's the best thing that i can the best advice i can is just say see for yourself Take your truck field with you next time, dude. I know. I need to. Yeah. Like I've discovered that around here. Uh, I started taking it out. This uh, what normally would be considered paranormal investigating equipment. I take it with me to these ancient locations. And you get these weird readings. Like I go up to these boulders with petroglyphs on them. And certain boulders don't do anything. And then other ones, you go right up to a certain glyph, a spiral symbol or something that looks... Uh, no joke, like a giant jellyfish carved onto the side of a rock and you go up to it and the RF signal goes Wah, and goes off the charts and you don't know if it's a, your piece of equipment is just oversensitive, but then I'll take it to other locations and there's nothing. It's almost like a negative right. space or a vacuum and it's hard exactly. to wrap your head around. Like were they, were they ancient people using these locations like as a beacon or an amplifier to their own? shamanistic rituals and experiences trying to go out of body or trying to do different means like what do you think's going on with these hot spots and what is your speculation about it all man there there's so much see there's so much about it, the, any of these type of locations when they when they get super active like that i start to think that a lot of it's man-made i think that some people go out and and you know they're intentionally causing this type of they they know how to you know put something in the ground that's going to make us go out there with these gauges. And you're like, this is just impossible. That one video that I, I watched of yours, I mean, you got some serious readings off of a, of a boulder. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, how, how, how do you process that? What's the science behind that? That, you know, this is where, where myself, dude, I, I, I don't have any rules written to this kind of stuff. I try not to, to define it, it so much because the minute that you think you know something about an area, about an activity, it changes. It just, it, it and now you don't know anything all over again. You know, you're back to, mm. so you can write about it. You can write down, your, you know, what you got for readings this day. I guarantee you, man, you go back the next day and it's going to change. It's if you even get anything at all. So it's kind of hard, you know, yeah, I keep a record of it, but, when it comes to when somebody goes, oh, there's a hot spot, you know, um, that I call my friend Jeff. My friend Jeff is the uh, the equipment guy for Ghost Adventures, 
So, you know, I go, I go to a lot of the locations that they go to because if you guys haven't noticed, they're, they're, they're in Utah a lot. There's a yeah. lot of locations here. And we just went and did this house that they only spent uh, about 30 minutes at in, in Eureka, uh, Utah. And this house, man, I, I don't really have the words to describe the, the, the levels of activity in there, but I will tell you, man, if there has ever been the def- definition of a hot spot, you know, it's this house. This house mm. is just, it's so heavy and thick with activity. Uh, the, and, and what's really bizarre is uh, discussing things with the owner. She's so in tune with the house that why she was away, because she never went into the house with us. We, t- we met her at another one of her homes. Um and when stuff really started to, to vamp up and get really crazy, uh, she calls my phone and she's like, Hey, what oh, are you she, guys doing in my she, house? She knows something's going on. She huh? knew she knew it. She was like, uh, she goes, I'm getting feelings. And, and I was getting feelings too. My completely fear. I was, I was really nervous and you know, the, the activity was really going, stuff was rolling across the floor. You know, now this is stuff that, you know, I'm not I'm not a paranormal investigator. My hat off to those people that do that. I just try to go out and experience this type of activity because I believe that it makes me a better investigator when you're trying to make sense of it all. And I, I was with two paranormal investigators, two very professional individuals that I have a lot of respect for. And to see their reaction of the things that were going on, I, I could tell that they were nervous, so I think that kind of affected me a little bit more because I can, when you when you're with somebody like that, you're like, "Hey, what's going on? Have you seen this kind of stuff before?" And you can see it in their eyes that they're really nervous and you know affected by by the energies that's going on. You know that that affects me too, man. It, it really does. It gives me nerve. There's a, like I say, I don't run into a place and you know open the shirt up and there's an S here and things are nah, man. That's not. I have I have fear and and I think I think the day that I stop being afraid when I'm doing this stuff I quit I quit because if it doesn't affect me anymore like that something's wrong. Yeah, so you've gone into this this hot spot this house uh, recently and you were telling me about some of the experiences. Are you allowed to talk about what happened there in the house and some yeah, of the weirdness? Yeah, I, I, I sent you a, I, I sent you an EVP that really 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 knocked me back a couple of steps for sure you know it was like you know we started to analyze it and I, I the question that I asked I remember I go I said who died in this house and I'm using one of these little Olympus uh, voice recorders and stop it and hit it and then I could hear this voice with tone and it sounded like a woman whispering into the recording so we start listening I turn it up and then there's an option on these to slow it down so you can hear it a little bit better. The one that I sent you is the slowed down version so you can hear it. And it said what it said. You know, first it says, get out. Yeah. And then it says right after that, you're going to effing die. But yeah. it didn't say effing. <laughs> it <laughs> right. didn't say effing. I mean, this thing literally. And there's three of us in the room. Why this is now. Not only did we record the EVP, but we were also filming everything. So right. you can see that there's no movement. The controller, uh, the controller, the recorder is completely still in my hand. 
nobody's making any noise. There's no nothing. And that yeah. comes onto that recorder. I mean, that's, that's really, that, that really got us going. I think, I think that really had us on edge after that because I mean, that, that's something out of nothing for sure. Yeah. I've sat there with those uh, EVP recorders and, and caught some really strange stuff where it just sounds like nothing but static for the longest time. And then it's almost like you'll get into a dialogue and I've had them say, help me. I've had them say, get out. I've had them answer and tell their name and different stuff. Uh, it's right. really, really strange to get uh, that kind of interaction and to hear like it's responding to you when you're actually there. But then you've got things actually moving around in the house and obviously you're feeling stuff as you're moving through, like one of the most paranormal places you've been so far. Definitely. The level of this house. Now, I lived in that house I told you about earlier that we went to the bishop's place. Up until my trip to Eureka, that house and the things that uh, happened to me in that house, I had a lot, I was getting touched inappropriately, a lot of weird stuff, man. Like I, I was going down and like, you know, yelling at people thinking that the people that were living in the house, I thought they were playing jokes on me while I was sleeping. And it got to the point to where it was getting really inappropriate. And I was getting to the point to where I was ready to go knock somebody's teeth in. You know, you wake up and you're like, hey, don't ever touch me like that again or you're <laughs> going to have a problem, you know. And I could tell that everybody that was there, they were concerned. They were like, dude, nobody was in your room. Nobody went upstairs because my room was upstairs. And and these old houses I mean, the staircase on this was, it was basically like a 50% incline. You know, the staircase was straight up in the air. Yeah. So uh, I always heard if anybody was coming up the steps and it would have woke me up, but I just assumed that somebody was playing a joke on me, but it wasn't. And speaking of, um, I have a book that I'm not an author, but I have a book out. Um, I'm going to give away a couple of copies to anybody who wants a book. I guess you, you'll figure out how, how they how to give them away. And it talks about that house um, in depth. Um, that house was the worst place that I could recall anything happening like that. I mean, the sleep paralysis to me when, when I happened, I was such at a young age. Um, I didn't, I, I never felt uncomfortable in my house or anything. I, it just was a regular place, mm -hmm. but the energy in that house that I lived in, in Salina was, was extremely bad. This place that I went to in Eureka, the house in Salina, nothing. Yeah. Disneyland, Disneyland compared to that place in Eureka. That's so odd. Have you heard James Keenan uh, tell his story about his paranormal encounter when he was a police officer? Yeah, uh, he they got a call, a domestic dispute call, him and his partner, and they went and showed up. And the couple was arguing down on the main floor and they got the married couple kind of calmed down, but they could hear a bunch of yelling and vulgarities coming from upstairs. And they said, is there anybody else in the house? And the married couple was like, no, there's no one else here. So <laughs> J James goes upstairs and down the hallway and into this room where he hears all this yelling and there's no one in the room but the wood paneling on the wall the pattern in the wood paneling was uh, distorted and contorted and looked like faces that were in torment and that were cursing and swearing at him and the whole room was like filled with this paranormal 
like poltergeist type atmosphere in this darkness and his partner and the married couple and everybody heard all of it and then his partner even came upstairs and saw it and and they freaked out and went back downstairs but you just never know like these these locations where things may have occurred in the past the type of imprint that it leaves on the location energetically we don't quite understand exactly how reality works like that do you think that maybe that could be going on in the whole basin with its kind of scattered history with the native americans and what, what kind sure. of yeah so maybe talk, sure. that's kind of why i tie it together people want to keep it all separate like this totally different worlds but we're talking about this cultural impact and imprint on the geology and around the energy of an entire environment so maybe you can speak to that i wish i honestly wish i could explain it to people that have never been there there's a lot of that you know there's a lot i read a lot of of people that are professionals uh you know hey you know they got they got a reason for everything that's happening in the basin and you go well where did you go while you were there and the next thing oh i've never been there (laughs) game over (laughs) game over you can't talk about it anymore until you actually have walked there and you get out you get around bottle hollow reservoir which is to to me one of the strongest, most majestic places in that little valley. Um, there's some some type of energy that goes on in the history again. It got its name because the Buffalo Soldiers used to throw their whiskey bottles into it, so it became Bottle Hollow Reservoir. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's a lot a lot of history at this place, and I think that you know when a lot of negative things happen, and I, you know. I mean, by not like not a lot of negative in that area, but there was a lot of problems when, you know, the youths were transitioning into, you know, being told to settle down and be, you know, that whole land grab and all that stuff that happened out there. It's very sensitive. You know, it's a very sensitive thing to discuss to this day. And I don't I don't really try to get involved in it because I'm afraid one word's going to come out wrong. And I'm going to sound like Joe Rogan, and I don't want that. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't. I don't. I don't want that. So the the energy in the place has been absorbed. There is a, the land itself is its own thing, and the, I can tell you guys. I can tell you, the best thing I can say is go there if you can. If not, don't talk so much about it because you sound silly. You sound silly if you've never been there. Uh, it it's just has that type of energy about it. The locals there, you know, I lived there for, for quite some time. And the locals there, the sweetest, nicest, coolest people, mm. but they're tired of people running through their yards. They're tired of people trespassing to try and get close. And, and I, I want to say it, man, and, and whether it's Skinwalker Ranch, Blind Frog Ranch, if you don't have a reason to be there, believe me, trust me when I say this, they have security that will deal with you. Mm-hmm. I promise you. So <laughs> keep, keep where you're supposed to be there, man. And, and don't really, don't really step out of line, man, because the, the, not only legally it can cause you issues, but spiritually as well, because some of the land on one side of the street is native land on this side of the street it isn't. So you've got the best of both worlds there, but just, just walk, walk cautiously and respectful and go there and experience for yourself. I could sit here all day and tell, um, 
everybody what my experience is and the things that have happened to me uh, and the things I've witnessed and seen out there, that doesn't mean that when you go there, you're going to have the same type of experience. Uh, you're going to go there and things are going to be different for you, but you are going to have some type of experience. I, I, it's just the land has got its own energy, and I can I can promise you that. I think even if you go there and don't experience witnessing like a UFO or a Bigfoot or shadow figure or paranormal activity, even just going and exploring the rich cultural history and the native history. Spiritually, yeah, oh, spiritually, spir- you're going to have that, you know, that effect. It's going to have that, it, it, you'll have that type of experience, which is the best type. You know, it, it, when you feel great about the, the area, you, you, it's just special, man. I get around that reservoir and everything changes for me. That That is my main connection to that whole, that whole valley starts at Bottle Hall Reservoir. Yeah, I agree. Uh, have you experienced anything there? I mean, I've stood at the banks of Bottle Hollow and looked around. I haven't sat there in the nighttime or anything, but have you seen anything strange there? It's in my non-disclosure. I can't. Is it really? Yeah. Because it was connected to uh, another ranch, so uh, right. I can't really tell. I saw some stuff in the sky above Bottle Hollow Reservoir a few times. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So maybe let's jump back for a little bit more storytelling. Any other basin experiences that you have in your research that are might shock people or that you haven't maybe haven't shared yet? Yeah. Um, well, this one involves my wife and our son. I was out camping on a property very close to uh, the the the. Uh, Bigelow Ranch, and uh, we got out onto this property, and of course I'm armed. I'm always armed when I go out to these places because you just never know. At nighttime, running around, it's better to it's better to protect yourself than to not be protected. So as we're getting set up, we're setting up a, a tent. Uh, my son uh, was. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. So he was, he was into the whole camping thing. The wife was all about it. We set up the camp. We got getting our food out and I'm getting ready to start walking the perimeter of this ranch. And we get this whistle. We get the whistle. And I'm like, wait a minute. And it was like, is that like a perfect to get my attention whistle? Mm. So I, get, I have a monocular night vision infrared monocular and I can see, very good and very clear with this. And I'm scanning, I'm sweeping the property. There's nobody there. So after I got calmed down a little bit and I was way more worked up than my wife, because I'm thinking somebody's hot, you know, you're thinking somebody's hiding out here. They're going to mess with us, you know, whatever the case. And on this piece of property, which is like around 50 acres or something like that. If I remember, I can't really remember the exact size of the property. But there was not supposed to be anybody on that property. I actually had the the owner, uh, which was, uh, I won't say, I don't want to get him in trouble. But um, I had the deed to the place so I could prove just in case uh, any police showed up that I had the right to be there, right? So it, it was a really cool experience to go out and just kind of take in what was happening that close to the Bigelow Ranch and all that other stuff. So after the whistle, I calmed down. I walked back to, to the car and I grabbed the pistol out of it and I handed it to my wife. And I said, you know, I'm walking over here. You know, I hear that gun go off. I know there's some problems. So, you know, keep it close by. So after I walked off, she told me that 
this sound had happened again. She heard the whistle. I did not hear it the second time. Um, I was out there with some, with some gear, you know, some uh, EMF meters again, very similar to what was going on at blind frog. I'm getting readings when I shouldn't have some of the trees on the property were very uh, uh, magnetic, you know, and (laughs) it's a tree. So it shouldn't, shouldn't have that type of uh, (laughs) that type of feel to it. But so, Love, you know, go through the whole night. Everything's done and over with. And I have walkie talkies um, just to keep in contact with whoever I'm with when I'm when I'm on location. So I get back to the house and I lived in Duchesne. We just were camped out to see what we could experience for, for the night. And we get back to the house and I'm I plug in all my gear. I got a little charging area where I charge my stuff. And uh probably like four, five o'clock in the morning, all my walkies, three, there's three walkies charging. The squelch goes off on all of them. And I hear <whistles> the same whistle, the same tone. Everything mm. came through that radio and it let us know. Now we're awake. The wife's freaking out. I, I grab a course and I don't mean to sound like gun crazy or anything, but I grab a pistol and I start sweeping my house. I'm, I'm sure somebody's in my house. And I'm going to my my son's room, who's just a ch- small child, and I want to make sure he's okay. That's my first priority is to get to my boy. So I go I go out that um, go out through the door, go down the hallway. There's nothing, and I'm just like, holy smokes, you know? I'm like, I heard that whistle, and it all starts to to click. I'm like, this thing f- followed me home. It came home with us. It it let us know. Then I lay back down in bed. I'm laying there next to the wife and we're just like trying to calm down and they, the squelch goes off. Now I actually discovered the video. I have a video of this. I'll send it to you in messenger so you can see the second time that it happened, but you can hear the radios. They, they start squelching off. There's no whistle in the second recording, but again, to get me jumping out of bed, that's why the word trickster, I wanted to see if, if this type of activity with the trickster thing that I was encountering with this ranch was going to be the same way in, in, in Nevada when I went to the mount out there. And uh, sure enough, man, same type of mentality, same type of stuff, knocking on my hotel wall. There's there, there's a hotel out there, but there's nobody in this place. It's, it's actually yeah. really trippy when you get out there at Mount Wilson, uh, another former uh, Bigelow Ranch. So something bangs on the wall and I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me right now. So I, you know, I jump up and I'm not undressed. I'm perfectly dressed. I'm running outside to look around, see if there's somebody out there knocking nothing again. So these trickster, the the entities that you hear about, they're a real thing. And I know for a fact because came home with me. Yeah. When I came back from uh, the basin, the last time up there, we did a First of all, I visited both ranches, you know, it got really close to the to Skinwalker and then went all over uh, Blind Frog Ranch, got a little bit in trouble there because I was filming stuff I wasn't supposed to film. And, you know, you and I are kind of like that in some respects, but <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> got right. into some trouble. But um, yeah, I came home and started having all kinds of weird stuff happen where my, you can call it a coincidence, but uh, I had all the smoke detectors in my house would go off and they'd go off in random order and I would change the batteries out. I replaced them. I even had a handyman come to the house uh, three times to finally try and figure out what was going on with my smoke detectors. 
ceiling fans in my bedroom would turn on on their own and go one direction and then stop and start going the other way and the lights That's would bad. turn on and off i know man That's and then, bad. <laughs> i know and then i and then i had uh what else oh so then i moved to this house this is i've only been living here for like a week and a half first day moving in the smoke all the smoke alarms are going off again and the batteries are all instantly drained dead just weird stuff like that and uh did so, you bring anything home by chance? Like, a, did you pick up a nice rock that you liked or anything? Uh, now, I know you know no, all about that. No comments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't take anything that doesn't belong to me, David. You know that. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> no, I just I, have, like, no. I go to Bottle Hollow and, I, and if I see a nice rock, I, 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 I did. I, I did. I'll, I'll admit, I both places I couldn't help myself. I was like, I, you know. But I do always leave a gift behind, but apparently it did not matter. Right. That <laughs> it did, it was, did not matter. <laughs> yeah. I got the same stuff, man. I got weird. the same stuff. I've got a rock collection from Area 51, all these ranches. I've got bird feathers too. Bird yeah. feathers uh, that just like a beautiful, really bluish uh, bird feather that was given to me off of one of the ranches. And uh, I still got it, man. But it's like, you know, so, it was so it you, was gifted. <laughs> I know. I, I agree. I, I kind of was just like so curious. I, I'm like, well, I, even if something does happen, this is what I want to do for my life. Let's see what's going on here. So I, right. I did kind of uh, snag a couple of little mementos off the ground <laughs> when I came back. <laughs> so, so what do you think's going on, Dave? Do you think it's, uh, I mean, there's theories of it being extraterrestrial, other dimensional, that it has to do with like the nature of reality being imprinted by our our own bio energy like uh, if you had to you know try to sum it up or somebody asked you what do you think's really going on up in the basin with the with the whole the phenomenon? first and foremost the, the the first and foremost thing to me is definitely the aerial phenomenon it's the aerial stuff that's happening that's flying around out there and it is not difficult to see it is just not difficult to see. If you, if you just keep concentrating and looking around, you're going to see something that zips by, or you'll think maybe that you saw. But definitely, it starts. It definitely starts there with me on that area. Um, now, why? You know, you know, we're we're talking again. The first documented report is 1776. So that's a lot of stuff. You know, there's some great books uh, on it. You know, the U, the Utah UFO book. I, I can't remember if that's the title of it. Yeah. Um, uh, by Salisbury, right? Salisbury wrote yeah. that one as well. I've, I think some, I've got it. Not, some, I think I've got it up there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great stories. Great. You know, to give an idea uh, of how many sightings and how many people have reported activity in the area, it goes way back. Um, you know, the stuff that I've experienced recently has been of the human kind. And it's been, you know, over this last, I don't know, over this last year, it's like you get, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a group of people in the basin that do want to talk to people. They just don't want to talk to people that are out trying to be self-proclaimed experts. And they, they're very selective. There's a, there's a very underground group of people in the basin that will discuss things with you. And it's been a lot of it for me lately, a lot of eye opening things that, you know, that I've talked about some of it I've talked about in the show and you'll hear, maybe, maybe you will, maybe you won't hear more of it in the future, but uh, people are willing to share their experiences out there with you. And you just have to present yourself in a way that, you know, that they can relate to, 
maybe they're mad at somebody else and they want you to know. So like I say, the, the basin, it has a weird energy and it will play people out against each other. Uh, there's a lot of that, a lot of negativity going on out there between uh, investigators for, for whatever reason. Yeah. I, they'll tell you they like each other, but <laughs> five minutes later, they're ready to box. You know, it's, it's really crazy. It's like this really weird energy out there that will play itself. It will play people against each other. And, and I, I have experienced it myself, unfortunately. It almost amplifies certain personality types or traits, uh, brings it to the surface. If you're hiding any kind of demons or shadows of your own, they're going to come to the forefront and everybody's going to notice it or whatever. It almost seems right. like it, it unravels whatever you've got knotted up and then you've got it. I think, it, I think that it, it most definitely caused me issues, uh, with, with, with some situations out there. Um, just doing things out, out of now, this is stuff now to where I can, I can look back and I can understand what it is that where I made mistakes, where I made wrong turns and, and, you know, but, it also shaped me into who I am today and I like who I am today. And I'm very comfortable with, with the way that I process and deal with, with activity. Um, now there's, I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there that, that are going to disagree and tell you I, I'm the worst person in the world because they, that's how they feel about me, whatever the case. I truly, I truly don't, I, I can't do that. And, and I'll tell you, Dwayne has helped me in so many different ways as far as how I process things, um, you know, staying positive, you know, he'll tell you all the time, good over, good overpowers evil. It just stay positive, you know, because he knows a lot of the stuff that I've been through and he knows a lot of the people that are talking with me out there. There's a whole different world uh, around the show. You know what I mean? We are, we are truly, we are truly very close personal friends. Um, He, he's, he's a great guy. The, again, the whole cast and crew, um, I've got nothing to hide. But, you know, they've the, the negative people that want to be negative to, about me to them, you know, it is what it is, and they're going to do what they're going to do. But I don't play that stuff anymore, man. I, I refuse to let it – because I saw what, what happened in the past, and I don't ever want to go back there again. And if I feel like, you know, the basin becomes overwhelming to me and I need to take a break, I do. I do, man. I'll, I'll see you in three months. I'm taking three months off. I'm not coming back for a while. I'm going to go just focus in and, and do and do some very, you know, different stuff. Yeah, definitely. That was the whole vibe that I got up at Blind Frog Ranch with the whole crew. Like Jordan says, let the haters hate. Dwayne is always a big rock for staying positive. That's what I found too with the Blind Frog Ranch guys. I got up there and they were super welcoming. It's like there's that feeling out period. Like, are you legitimate? Are you just here to get views or trying to, you know, whatever? Right. But, but I right. mean, there was immediately like a genuine connection there, and they could see my actual passion and everything. I was like, you almost got myself in trouble a few times running around there, all excited. <laughs> but ultimately, they have really been cool to me and uh we've become really close friends all of us and and it's like this little fellowship or brotherhood all revolving around this one strange it's true it's it's very true and and, uh, again uh, and i'm not trying to sell the show it sells itself man i mean people are gonna love it they're gonna hate it they're gonna do whatever i like i say if you like it watch it if you don't don't that's that's the best advice I, I got for anybody. The the connection and the friendship that goes on out there, these people, all of them, Jamie, uh, all of them, 
want to know what's going on. They want to know what this phenomenon, this activity is. They don't want to mask it. They don't want to hide it. They, they want to know what it is. Dwayne is by far at the top of the list with, hey, go film it, go find it, go see it. Let's find out what's going on. Let, let's see what we can do. Okay. And then he copies it all he, with a copy that. And once he copies that to you, then you know that's what he wants done. And, and you just keep doing what it is you're doing. He, he wants to know what it is. This whole crew uh, uh, behind the camera, in front of the camera, everybody it really is into this stuff. I've got like a huge lion of a cat running around. Here <laughs> that's right okay. Now. I can hear it. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, dude, give me two seconds. I want to let him out so I don't have to hear the roar. Or, or, are we done? You're good. Oh, we can wrap it up. Yeah, we're, we've come up over an hour, so we can save cool. it for another one if you're good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. So really quick, Dave, just tell everybody where they can find you if they want to look you up. I mean, you've talked about you're doing all kinds of paranormal research now, going up to Blind Frog Ranch, part of that whole crew on the side and doing your own stuff. If people wanted to follow you or maybe even buy your book, where could they look? Uh, the book the book is on uh, the book is on Amazon. It's called Interrupted Journey. I'm not selling it. I'm just getting, I'm just, it's for sale on Amazon, of course, but uh, you got a couple of copies here tonight. Pick out who, you know, whoever you want to give them to cool. uh, PM me their, their address and I'll, and I'll, and I'll get it mailed off to them. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm just basically doing my stuff with the ranch right now and working with the show. I, I don't really have anything that I'm putting out. You know, I, I don't really, right I just, I'm just out here just investigating. I'm still on my own journey, man. Right. Uh, I'm not trying to really sell it to anybody. Well, Dave and I, for those of you guys watching and listening, we've got some stuff planned coming up. We're, we might pay another visit to that paranormal haunted place in Eureka. Uh, you. <laughs> we might end up together up around Blind Frog Ranch doing some stuff. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. So keep an eye out for Dave Miller, everybody, and his research and insight into the Utah Basin. And make sure and go check out his book on Amazon as well. And thanks for everybody for joining us. We'll see you guys in the next one. See you guys. Thanks.